Hi, Jonathan here. I just want to take a minute to thank you for being a, a radio listener. Um, we cannot do what we do without your partnership. And briefly, I just want to invite you as the year uh, closes out to just consider us as a place where you might be able to financially partner. You know, we need partners like you in order to expand our reach into even more countries and help even more individuals to be able to find the hope and the help that they need to break free from any kind of sexual struggle or stronghold. So please consider partnering with us as the year closes out. You can simply go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link and make your gift there. We'd especially appreciate it if you would consider becoming a monthly partner. That helps us to just expand our reach even more and also gives you an opportunity through the faithful giving to be able to also pray for us as you give on a monthly basis. Again, that's puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. Thank you so much and God bless you. You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Brought to you by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and we have some special guests with us from the uh, North Houston area. We've got Bill and Lisa Royce. So, Bill and Lisa, thanks for being on the program. Hi, yes. Thanks. It's our honor. Yeah, so before we get to Bill and Lisa's story, which is a really cool story, I love hearing it every time, um, I want to share with you listeners, as we do every now and then, that we are a uh, listener-supported broadcast. That means that the way you're hearing us or seeing us, if you're on the uh, camera, is through just generous partners, donors that have come alongside of us and decided to partner with us in ministry. And uh, so if you'd like to learn about the ways that you can partner with us, just go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. So, Bill and Lisa, I would love for our listeners uh, to just be able to get to know you. So we would love to hear your story, just of, of the things that you've been through in your marriage and, and how there's been restoration and just some amazing things that have happened. So why don't you all just uh, tell us your story? Okay. Well, I'll let you, won't you, you want me to go first? You get okay. Maybe I can chime in a little. Well, um, the good news is... We're, uh, I'd like to just announce and celebrate. We're about to celebrate 28 years of marriage. And awesome. that's really exciting. Um, and whenever we sit down with a couple to minister to them, we always say, you know, your marriage journey is a journey. And, you know, Bill and I were really young when we got married. I was in my early 20s. Both of us were brand new Christians. And um, I came from a background of being raised in an alcoholic family. I had been sexually abused growing up. Um, and so I had a lot of brokenness that when I came to the Lord, I just kind of stuffed all of that. And um, we got married and we got thrown into serving in our local church and attending all of these great programs in church and didn't really address. I didn't address some of the issues from my childhood and teenage years that um, contributed a lot to our dysfunction in our marriage relationship. Um, so I had a history of a lot of promiscuity, um, in my teen and early twenties before I started walking with the Lord and, uh, um, didn't realize that that was going to majorly affect our marriage relationship. And so, um, we started having children as we got married and, um, 
homeschooled and just got thrown into life with three children and being married and build, building a career and serving in church. And life was just so busy that um, my emotional needs, Bill's emotional needs kind of just got put back on the back burner. And um, we realized very quickly that we were disconnecting from each other and growing further and further apart. And so we started having a lot of breakdowns in communication. We weren't resolving conflict very well. And both of us were medicating our pains in different ways. And I know Bill's going to talk about, you know, his side of the story. But my side of the story is um, ultimately what happened is in our relationship, we got so far apart and we weren't able to meet either one of our needs. And I... Um, made a very selfish decision and went outside of our marriage and had um, an affair. And so it was in dealing with with why I was doing that and me trying to understand what was going on in my own life that really just came to Bill and said, you know, we, we are both really, really broken people and we need help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and our family was falling apart. And so that just really catapulted us on our respective healing journeys, which, you know, Bill has been working on his recovery and I've been working on mine. And, and so that's where we are today is, um, we're still going through, we're still healing, we're still, um, growing, um, but we're in a much better place than we were. Mm -hmm. And, so. and would you say it's, I mean, you mentioned some things in your story, uh, that sound actually pretty common, in a lot of marriages, hey, breakdown of communication, you know, kids come along and these, these, you know, career trajectory and all this kind of stuff. And um, so it's not as if your story is totally unique, right? In the sense of just those really normal challenges that come along. What is it about those challenges that are so challenging? Um, because it's kind, of, it's kind of like you go into marriage with these... Um, kind of rose-colored glasses, right? Everybody has these expectations yeah. of the the romance that you have in those early 20s and all of the sparks and all that kind of stuff. We have this, this false notion that that will just perpetuate at the same level or even greater when we get married. And then, but what I'm hearing is you're saying, okay, there's there's normal stressors of now two people are living in the same space and you've got then kids come along and work and just all these kinds of things. So what would you say were the things that, can you see some key delineation points that caused you guys to go towards some of those medicating behaviors? Because, I mean, everybody's got to deal with stress, right? Everybody's got to deal with, you know, if they've got kids, they've got to deal with kids. Or if they've got a job, they got to deal with a job. So what was it, do you think, that were the factors that led to seeking some of those things outside the marriage for you, Lisa? I think primarily it was um, all of my unresolved shame and guilt from my abuse and, the, and my history of promiscuity and believing the lie that um, I, ne I needed to seek personal approval uh, from other people. And I wasn't getting that in my marriage. And so I kind of defaulted to what I had learned growing up. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm certainly not excusing my behavior, but I really had to look at why I made that decision. Um, it was a valid need. It was a valid need of being accepted and approved. 
Uh, it was how I filled the need that was sinful and ungodly and very destructive. And so for me personally, both of my parents have been married and divorced three times by the time I was a young adult. So I didn't have a healthy role model of what marriage should look like, number one. So as a young girl in her 20s, I just had a lot of false notions that Bill was going to be my savior. He was going to just take care of me and everything was going to be rosy and perfect. And we're (laughs) Christians now. We're, uh, you know, I just had this fantasy idea uh, that it was all going to be fine. And I didn't know that sometimes you need to address and uncover some of the lies that you're believing Mm. um, in order to to move forward and be successful and, and have healthy relationships. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, Bill, let's hear from you because, you, you know, you got a story in this too, right? Sure, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Lisa was talking about the dysfunction uh, of her youth growing up. And and um, my background is equally as, as dysfunctional. However, it's on the opposite extreme of the spectrum. Um my family background would would have appeared to be more of the beaver cleaver, leave it to beaver type mm-hmm. family, you know, kind of seemed to have it all together on the outside. You know, people would uh, would look at us and think, hey, this family is really, really uh, a close knit family. They, they they're pillars in the community. They're involved in community affairs, outreaches and things like that. What they what wasn't uh, noticeable or what things did people didn't realize is that anything that occurred in our family that maybe would be perceived as not having it together was just swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. We we lived a life of, of, of denial. Of confrontation was just if, if there was a confrontational issue. It just wasn't dealt with. It was just uh, swept under the rug, and you moved on. You put that behind you, and and supposedly it dealt with itself. But those things are always never laid to rest. They're you know if they're never dealt with, they're still alive. So that's that was the the background I came from. So when you know her dysfunction and my dysfunction, we come together, and even though we're we're new. Christians born again were two dysfunctional people. We brought that all with us yeah. together. So learning how to deal with that was, was like one of the phases in our journey. But uh, the, the, the thing that was also always there was the issue of pornography. Even once I got born again, I was exposed to it. I, I know your story, Jonathan, and mine's very similar in that, in that respect. Uh, being exposed to porno- pornographic material at, uh, I think, is somewhere around the age of twelve, mm-hmm. you know, and it was my dad's, and it was in the house, and it was in a, it was hidden, uh, but you know, you, you tend to be able to find those things, and and so that was a, another issue that I struggled with for all of our marriage, you know, from the day one, uh, but it wasn't, no, it was hidden. Uh, Lisa didn't know about it until several years later. And uh, then, you know, we began to deal with that as well. So the, the question, the, to answer the question, the shame issue was also always something that kept us from dealing with our dysfunction and being able to move forward into the, you know, the, the, the abundant life that the marriage should have. Mm-hmm. Now, 
you know, we, we talked a minute ago about how there's all these common stressors that were part of your early marriage that, you know, everybody faces when they get married. What kind of knowledge did you have of each other's brokenness going into the marriage? Ah, great question. We didn't have any knowledge. And that's one thing that when we sit down and minister to couples, we we talk about no secrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had secrets from Bill. I didn't tell him about my abuse mm-hmm. and, and I didn't fully disclose my level of promiscuity, you know, prior to our relationship. And so, and again, most of that was as a result of shame. So I just, I hid all that because I wanted him to think that I was this person that had it all together and that I was perfect now that I'm a new creation. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he certainly didn't divulge his pornography addiction. And so when I found out about it, um, 10 years into our marriage, um, I was devastated on one level, but then I was glad I found out on a second level because it helped me understand why we weren't connecting as a couple um, emotionally and intimately, there was just, I, I felt like there was always a wall there that I couldn't break through to really get to know him because he had this hidden life, mm-hmm. um, that he was keeping separate from me. And the, and the shame is what stopped him from really, um, intimately connecting with me and allowing himself to be known. And so now that in your, was the first step in your experience so far with other couples, how common is it for you to see other couples have the same experience that you had in terms of being ignorant to each other's brokenness going into the marriage? It's very common. Almost, yeah. It's almost 100%. Uh, yeah. what, do you, what do you think are, I mean, having dealt with some couples, what do you think are those factors? Why, why is there such disconnect or ignorance and unwillingness to, I mean, because could some of it be that there's fear, but could some of it also be that, that it just seems like, um, what's the point? How would that help to let anybody know about this? In the past, I'm not doing those things anymore. I can deal with it. Or I can deal with it if I am doing them. Or it's no longer in, it, some denial that is, you know, like, for instance, when Lisa came and shared, um, in her her abuse as a child, I, I was so self-centered and I had that, you know, that leave it to beaver background where we didn't deal with confrontation or conflict. We just kind of let it, you know, hit it. So when she told me that, I said, well, you know, get up, basically get over it. You know, let, that's in the past. Let's just press forward and move forward. Wow. And, and uh, you know. You know, that didn't go so well, right? Uh, that's right. not exactly. It, did, it didn't go so well. That yeah. is not the and advice you give couples that. now, right? So hopefully I've grown a little. Yes, yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good because, yeah, certainly we wouldn't, wouldn't want to give that advice to any couples right now. You don't <laughs> just tell somebody about their abuse, get over it, it's in the past. Um, yes. But, uh, you know. Talking about your story, I want to hear. I want our listeners to hear more about what did redemption look like in your your marriage? Because I feel like we sort of just jumped from yeah. all of this brokenness to now. Hey, we've been married almost twenty eight years, and things are great. It's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. We oh. need to know. <laughs> we need to know like what what precipitated healing and what did redemption and reconciliation and restoration look like for you guys? 
I'll share just a real, real quick. At least, basically, how how the how the redemption began was probably you know just a little over three years ago. Um, the Elisa and, and our middle daughter, our youngest daughter, were looking for prom dresses on the internet. You know, and like Lisa said, she found out about that I struggled with pornography about ten years into our marriage. And it, they were, uh, you know, kind of isolated incidences. But, you know, as the Internet became more popular and more, you know, uh, prevalent. prevalent and, and accessible, uh, the pornography use grew and grew and grew. kind of, And then it got out of control. Uh, so three years ago, when they were looking for prom dresses, they were on the browser and the history browser, and they saw a list of all the, the porn sites. And gosh, that was so devastating for me to know that my daughter saw that. Mm-hmm. And Lisa confronted me, and 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 I felt conviction at that at that moment like I'd never felt before, and pain, and 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 I really finally recognized how much I had wounded Lisa. Well, began to understand it a little <laughs> bit, and then to know that my daughter saw that too, and I had, had been preaching integrity to my daughters. Uh, all these years, mm. and 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 the way I would describe integrity to them was not having nothing to hide and nothing to fear. And all these years, I've been, uh, you know, hiding my uh, sex addiction, pornography use, and fearing that one day I'm going to get found out. Mm. Well, it did. And so when Lisa confronted me, I knew that there at that moment that I'm going to have to do something extreme and something different, something I've never done before. Uh, to overcome this because mm-hmm. it, it really had become a stronghold. And, you know, like I said I, I, earlier, I, I was in denial all these years that it was a stronghold. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought of it may a flaw, a weakness, something, uh, you know, that's a challenge, but I could overcome it. Yeah. But I realized I tried to overcome it on my own for all these years and it never worked. So so that's kind of a lead in. And if you want to yeah. jump in and, and add some more to it. And I, I think when once we hit that point um, of of understanding that this really was serious, at least for Bill to understand that, you know, for 15 years, we managed it together. Just him and I, we were the only two that knew about his pornography usage. And there was a comfortableness in that because Bill Bill was use, using me. I'll use that. It kind of sounds harsh, but I was his accountability partner, which that just really put a strain on our marriage relationship because mm-hmm. that's not what the role of a wife is. And so once our daughter found out, it kind of took it to a whole nother level. And so I knew at that point that um, my brokenness was intertwined with his brokenness. And he certainly needed help, but I knew that if I didn't get healing for my stuff, that it was going to make it very challenging for him to get completely healed because the two become one. And so in this marriage relationship, if only he went and got healed and I didn't deal with all of my stuff, we weren't going to have the success that we both knew we needed. So, Mm -hmm. um, Bill didn't know about the affair. It had ended, but I knew I needed to confess to him. So at that point, I said, look, you know, we need to take off the mask and and just realize that we're we're living a hypocritical life. And I confessed to him uh, what I had participated in and said, you know, we need to go to the church. And we confess to our leaders at church, our pastors, 
and really made ourselves accountable and they helped us get counseling. They are the ones that put us in touch with you and be broken and gateway to freedom. And, and that's really what began our journey of recovery. So I went into counseling separate from Bill and I've gone to some healing intensives um, for my own personal recovery, apart from what Bill has done with, with be broken and other things. And so that's put us on the path that we're on today and what's been really neat is we've been open and sharing our story because we really believe that that's part of the healing journey is confessing your sins one to another and praying for one another so that you can get healed. And so as we begin telling our story, couples start coming to us, right? And saying, we have secrets too, and we mm. never told, want to tell. And so that's really what began this ministry of, of helping couples, marriage ministry, marriage mentoring I was just through telling our own story, and um, it's just evolved from that. Um, so what, uh, you know, because I think about then the challenges that you had mentioned about earlier in your marriage of, of just job and kids and communication and all those kinds of things. Um, what has this process of restoration in your marriage and, and really pulling off the masks, like you said, what has then that been like in terms of redemption and transformation in all of those areas that previously were driving you guys apart? What has it been like in those areas in terms of work and kids and communication on the other side of pulling the masks off and really being transparent with one another? Yeah. Well, the first thing we did was we sat down with our three daughters and um, they they're all older now. But, you know, they were old then. They're not. Um, this isn't something I would advocate to do with young school age. But our girls were all in their late teens and early 20s at the time. And we sat down and confessed to them, you know, what we had both been engaged in and um, told them what we were going to do as far as healing. And that really started redeeming our family relationship. Um, restoring all of the the secrets and the hidden things in our family. And we saw some amazing things happen right. relationally with our girls. They were able to connect with Bill on a level that has just been so beautiful because it was always just a disconnect even between them and their father because of what was going on that was hidden. Yeah, even though it was hidden, there was still some kind of disconnect that, that, was, that it was bringing between the relationships with you know, all of them, you know, each of the daughters and between me and Lisa, there was that disconnect. Uh, and because we couldn't, because I was connecting with the object, something that's um, intangible instead of connecting with Lisa, the real thing. So the so once that transformation started happening, you know, the connection between all of us and, and the growth and the unity, uh, you know, yeah. all began to come together. And, you know, there was a major shift, mm -hmm. a major shift in our life. We started looking at, at our marriage as, as a couple instead of basically be prior. We were living separate lives yeah. together. What is it? What does it feel like now? Because, you know, you, you guys shared also about your histories of your own growing up and you had brokenness that in, in your family that certainly manifest in different ways. But there was there was discord and disconnection in your families growing up how does it feel to see how god has brought you to this point that there is redemption restoration 
that you're you're by grace you're writing new chapters for the future of your own family just i'd love to know how that feels emotionally for you guys <laughs> feels wonderful it feels great we have conversations now where we can <laughs> What Bill grew up, the message he received was, you know, don't share your feelings. Don't talk about what's going on internally with you. If because you disagree. He, yeah, yeah, if you disagree. So we never were able to communicate. And now we can communicate. We can share our dreams. Mm. Uh, once you move shame out of the way, I actually just finished writing and, and self-published, Jonathan, a, an interactive Bible study on shame and how to break up with shame. Mm -hmm. So it feels so good to have shame out of the way so that now Bill and I can connect. We were never able to connect because there was always this third thing in our marriage. And yeah. now we can talk, we can share dreams, and we've learned to really celebrate one another instead of tolerate one another. And we learned some great marriage tools. Uh, we took some classes on communication and conflict resolution because those are skills that we need uh, that we didn't have. Yeah, and going, you know, this experience has, has allowed us to to be able to share with others that there is so there is hope. Yes, yes. You, you know, with God, you can overcome any obstacle that 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 is trying to hold you back or drag you down. Yeah. And, uh, now, now for our listeners, um, uh, you you guys um, don't have it all together yet, though, right? I mean, <laughs> no. you, you have. So, so uh, I'm always careful to paint this picture where I don't want any of my, any of our listeners or people to go, oh great, it's you know it's this perfect couple that has no problems now and everything. So what do what does it look like now when some of those old things like shame, like just fear or whatever else want to creep in to mm -hmm. start creating division? I mean, what's that look like now for you guys in terms of dealing with that? Because those are real factors, right? I yeah. mean, there's a very real enemy that wants to make sure that not only that that you don't get well, but that you you don't help others. And he he would love to see there be now a scandal where all of a sudden it's in the newspapers that Bill's looking at porn again, or that Lisa had another affair. You, you know what I mean? There's this sure. There's a there's real attacks that come. Well, it's and what's it's it look like? Real. What's it look like yeah. to deal with those now versus before? Well, well, I hope we didn't come across as thinking that we. No, had no, no. I was joking with you. <laughs> We've put, so, yeah. So, you know, hopefully, if we're walking in the spirit, we will recognize that say, the enemy is working to to come and, and divide us again, or you know, he's always trying to divide us. And so, knowing, you know, hope, you know, we have learned that to know that Satan is out there, and he and he wants to separate us more than anything else because mm -hmm. yeah. once he can get that gets the family separated you know he's got he kind of has control of the culture and the society but and, i think too practically we've put things in place that we really encourage other couples to do so bill still isn't has his accountability partners and he still has men in his life that hold him um, accountable, um, yeah. especially like I've been traveling a lot and speaking and I'm about to go out of town for a couple of weeks and he knows and his accountability partners know and they call and check on him. And so we've, we understand now triggers and, and potential stressors and we have a plan. So when those things do happen, cause they will happen, um, we have a plan in place and we have um, people surrounding us, community surrounding us 
that will help us because it is when you start thinking you've arrived or that you're healed, that's when you're going to slip and fall. And so we are constantly acknowledging the fact that we have not arrived, that we're still on this healing journey. And, And I love how you, Jonathan, have taught us this, that it's a a minimum of three to five years of a journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remind myself of that daily because sometimes I get frustrated that Bill's not farther along or I'm not further along in my journey. And I, I remember your words, you know, okay, we're just in year three. We mm-hmm. still got at least two more to go before we can really right. maybe even press through that that wall that I sometimes see because it is easy to default back to your old patterns and your old it habits is. And um, so we, we, have, stay, we read a lot. We yeah. stay up to date with reading materials and watching videos and listening to your podcast. We and we're we're intentional about those things. Growing. Because we don't want to be naive and think that we do have it all together. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm intentional about going through uh, you know sort of certain books that have to deal with the, the addictions and strongholds, and uh, in addition to just studying the Bible on a on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, we're about out of time, but what I'd love to do is I'd love to have you guys back again so that we can kind of unpack some of these tools and the plan for okay. for couples. Um, but before we finish up, can you tell our listeners how they can get information about your ministry and connect with you guys? Yes, they can go to powerofhislove.com. We, we started a website really just to offer hope and resources for people, for couples mainly that are struggling with this. And so we have articles that you can read. Uh, we have a couple of resources you can download or you can post um, the Bible study on shame that I just finished. Um, and so we would love to hear your stories, your questions. We really believe that God's called us to to help and support couples that are going through this journey so that they don't believe that they're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a community out there that wants to help. Well, thanks, Bill and Lisa, for being with us. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been a pleasure. And listeners, we're always glad that you're with us, and we look forward to having you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.